This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Well, we do all that who it's going to during the week, right? In terms of the plays and all those other things. I don't think the score necessarily determines that because we have plays for Tyler, we have plays for Rashad, we have plays for Chris Altman-Bell, we have plays for Demetrius, and then our backs. And So it's all done on the game plan prior to that but I think that when you're down 13 nothing yes there's hey we got to get the ball in the air we got to have we got to start putting some drives together here and might have to go to the pass game a little quicker PJ Flack just talking about game planning coordinators etc it's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app Judd on the Vikings bye week vacation you know, even the even the guys who talk about the Vikings and report on the Vikings like Judd and Matthew Collin need to take some time off Rest up. Take an ice bath once sure. in a while, Rami Makhlouf. Yeah, they deserve it. They yeah. earned it. Judge, we work hard around Judd just wants to drink beer during the day <laughs> and not get in trouble. Who could blame him? Fired. Man, he could have stayed here and drank beer during the day today. Did you see the weather out there today? No, I haven't looked outside in like there 10 were hours. actually blue skies and sun shining. Oh, really? Yeah, no kidding. It got into like the mid-40s. Fascinating. I know. It was amazing. It was Minnesota. nice for a second. Nice. And it disappeared. Could uh, play some outdoor baseball today. It was Rami. actually fall. It was actually fall in Minnesota for an afternoon. Yeah, fall. Uh, fall like falls great in late September, and then it shows up for like two more days uh, before Thanksgiving, and then it's and it's dead. I'm gonna play a soundbite here for you. All okay. right. And Mike Gola Jr. is going to join us in about 10 minutes or so to talk Gopher football. Mm -hmm. Because the new rankings came out last night, and the Gophers dropped to 10th. The college football playoff rankings they dropped to 10th, and. More importantly, they dropped two spots behind Penn State, which moved up to eighth, even though the Gophers beat Penn State a couple weeks ago. Such, such crap. This dude. is our guy, Jason Fitz. I hate college football. I'm sorry. I got to say it. I hate college football. Well, here's our guy, so Jason stupid. Fitz. Well, and I think, Mike, you're right. That's the most disturbing part of it, because to what Trey said, on the field, this thing's going to work itself out in theory. But you could also look at it and say the committee is setting themselves up for opportunity for certain teams to advance. That's what this feels like. I mean, if we're going to make common opponent, and, and all I would argue is, uh, for example, if Georgia and Alabama were had the same record uh, and, and Georgia beat Alabama, would we let the fact that Georgia lost to South Carolina and Alabama beat South Carolina be the delineating factor? This feels like brand bias against Minnesota because Minnesota's well, not the is. brand that yep. Penn State it is. It absolutely is. And if we're going to have brand bias early, that's the one thing that is concerning to the point of how this moves forward because if brand bias is created then yes, there has to be opportunity for Alabama. If they turn around and, and squish Auburn, does that make them suddenly better than Oregon in the squish. committee's mind? Of course there's brand bias. 
Is anybody surprised that there's brand bias in college football? And I don't, I don't. Brand I, bias is the brand of college football. It's what they do. And I know we've talked about, like, we've kind of t- touched on this subject a couple times this season. I'm not saying that brand bias is zero, but I think, and I know you're not being a Gophers homer because you, you don't have any Gophers background. None. I have a ton of Gophers homerism to me. And even I am saying the reason why the Gophers are ranked 10th um, I could split hairs with the Penn State thing, but the reason why they're ranked 10th is not because of brand bias. It's because there's better programs in front of them, not better brands. Is Penn State better than them? Because I, I was at that game. It looked like Minnesota was a better program that day. I think the Gophers are better than Penn State. That's all the proof I need of brand bias. But I'm not saying that they should be in the playoff. But what I am going to tell you is if P.J. Fleck does build this program to a point where they deserve to be in the playoff, they still won't be in the playoff. Not going to happen. What do you? Uh, but you're saying if they run, well, let's okay. Here's another scenario. I okay. could see a scenario. Here, here's, a, here's another scenario. They laid this out last night. So after the rankings came out, they came back from commercial break and they laid this out. All right, I want to give you this hypothetical scenario, and it's one of the most fun ones I could oh, I possibly come up with. Follow along here. LSU and Georgia play in the SEC championship game. Dogs win. Ohio State and Minnesota meet. Ohio State's undefeated when they get there. Gophers win. Clemson wins out. They're 13-0. So here's how it would shake out. Clemson would be the only undefeated team. LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Minnesota, Pac-12 and Big 12 champions, all one loss. How would you stack them up? And then we've got, we've got their answers, but just, for, to, just to summarize, it was kind of split. Some said if Minnesota runs the table from this point out, including beating Ohio State, the room was sort of split on whether they'd be in the four or out of the four. I think if Minnesota runs the table, including beating Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, they should get in. But to this brand bias conversation, every single year, when you're talking about trying to figure out the difference between like the top seven or eight teams and like they've all got one or zero losses and you're trying to parse it all apart, if the committee consciously or subconsciously leans toward things like, well... Alabama has just been really good for a long time. I don't have a huge problem with that because when you look at recruiting rankings and you look at best program records going back to 2000, the same team. What does keep, 2000 have to do with now? I'm just saying Alabama is a better program and is a better team than the Gophers, even if they have the same record. It's just like the Go- the Gophers have to do something extra to prove okay. otherwise. But it's it's on the my point is it's on the Gophers to do something extra to prove that they belong. In this conversation, it's not up to it's not up to the voters to be like, oh, I guess we'll just give the Gophers a pass because they got the same record as Alabama. Finally, Alabama has been here for 20 years. I'm just saying, why don't we go by the results on the field like we do in every literally every other freaking sport? Like because I, they play different, me, te- they all play different teams. It's hard. You can't compare Big 12 to Pac to or uh, Big 12 to Big 10. It's it's too hard because the schedules are so vastly different. Okay, well, if that's, you're, it's hard. Well, who who are the two best teams in the AFC right now? It's the Patriots and the and the Ravens, right? Sure. But other teams have earned the right to step on a field and beat them in a given football game to go on and get the ultimate right. prize, right? But those teams commingle a lot too, like AFC teams. They don't teams. play the same exact schedule. AFC teams and NFC teams play each play, you know, five games or whatever against each other every year too, right. and so you get to at least sort of see a litmus test. A lot of like the same quarterbacks have been around for 15 years in some of these cases with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. In in college football, you might, might play. Like, the Gophers never play an SEC team. SEC teams uh, might schedule one non-conference opponent 
uh, you know, one Power Five conference opponent on their schedule. But then, like the rosters turn over every three or four years, anyways, and so it's hard to compare across conferences. So the only thing you can do is go by if this team has one loss and that team has one loss. And, Let's go by who has more five star recruits. I don't have a problem with that. I do because that's just, all. All recruiting is 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 predicting how good guys will be at the next level. They're not right all the time. But don't you think it's more likely that a program? Listen, and I'm saying this like I love the Gophers and I want the Gophers to be in this conversation. I'm just saying, if Alabama has 50 dudes on their roster that were four and five star recruits, and the Gophers have like five, maybe less, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. isn't it more likely than not that even though they didn't, they have no common opponents? Here, and they haven't played each other that Alabama would wax Minnesota in a head-to-head matchup? I'm you're, just saying. You're comparing Alabama and Minnesota, and I'm telling you but that's right gonna now. But that might be one of the comparisons. Well, this year, although without Tua, I think there might be an argument to be had there. I need to see what this other guy is going to do in his absence. But in this year, yes, Alabama is the better football team. I'm, tell, I'm not even comparing to Alabama. My proof of brand bias is simply Penn State is ranked ahead of Minnesota and Minnesota just beat Penn State two weeks ago. Yeah. We're not even talking a long time ago. This just happened. Each of those teams <laughs> have played one game since that happened. How did you forget that so fast? I think what their excuse was, and they, I agree with it, I think the Gophers should be above Penn State. So I, well, I agree that's with all the guy. proof I need. But but I think what the committee is, what they, what they were trying to explain last night is, head-to-head is not the be-all, end-all. That in their in their mind, if Penn State has a better overall resume, and you can go through, I mean, like they might cite that. Well, Penn State played Pitt in the non-conference, and the Gophers See, played a directional school what I from hate South Dakota. About college football. Why do we have to? Why do we have to figure out math equations to figure out who's going to get in the playoff and who's a good football team? Why are we weighing these wins? Because they don't. Because they don't play. They don't play enough from conference to conference. The Gophers, Penn State thing. I'm with you. But from conference to conference, they don't have enough common opponents. So you have to. It's not, let's bring in somebody who forget about our knowledge, which is nothing. Matt, Mike Golick Jr. actually knows what he's talking about and can straighten us out here. Uh, you can hear him every single morning on Score North here on fifteen hundred on Golick and Wingo. And we're I think we're we're definitely understanding as to why the Gophers are tenth and behind some of the other one loss teams. We're just a little bit perplexed as to why Penn State is above them, knowing what happened two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys, and I heard the conversation. It's frustrating because you feel like you don't know what's going on. Like, all of us can sit around here, and, you know, through five going on now, the sixth year of the college football playoff committee, we kind of understand some of the criteria that go into things. But at the end of the day, you played a football game two weeks ago that had a definitive result. Like, we kept score of that game the last time I checked, and Minnesota beat Penn State. So the idea that now two weeks later – because of a common opponent rather than the actual game, we're going to cite that. I get the out-of-conference schedule and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we're all weighing inexact amounts of all of these different criteria, and I would have thought that given the recency, head-to-head would take precedence over most of those, so I am baffled like you guys. So brand bias is a real thing, right? This isn't just something that Fitzy came up with or, or that, that I'm jumping on the band. <laughs> this is a real thing. So I, I think brand bias makes it sound nefarious. What I think it is, is yeah, Trump, exactly. Right? Like, that's that's get, exactly what I'm going for, Mike. Yeah, it, it's. I guess for me, it's just it's that phrasing, that idea of all right. Well, I know, especially in spots where the coaching staff has been consistent, where the pedigree has been there for a while. And our producer on Golica Wingo said this, and it stuck with me. Who can I trust is going to not embarrass me if I put them in a playoff setting? Like, 
Who's going to go out there if I'm the committee and say, yeah, we made the right choice? Because they've gotten burned a few times. I mean, I know a lot of people threw it at Notre Dame last year, but Ohio State has been shut out in the college football playoff. Michigan State has been shut out in the college football playoff. So we've seen these things come up and become a reality. And so that might be part of it. But this one, again, just because, you know what, if you had wanted to sell me, if Minnesota and Penn State had played week two and Minnesota had won that game at home and it was close and all these same things, and then now we get later in the season and we're week 12, week 13, and we've got this common opponent and we've got the benefit of a larger body of work. You could sell me that every day and twice on Sunday, but two weeks ago, I, I just I can't buy it. It seems like the committee is overthinking things at this point with the amount of stuff they're trying to juggle. Yeah, for Penn State, they're looking at, okay, they played at Iowa in the middle of October. They won that game. Gophers lost. Okay, they also played... They just played a tougher slate uh, when they, when you include number 16 Michigan on October 19th. They won that game at home. So, I mean, it's not totally perplexing, I guess, but when they play head-to-head, it's sort of weird. So what, in general, do you feel like the Gophers are just taking advantage of a weak schedule and they've popped up and it's kind of fun and then they're going to go back to being irrelevant Gophers? Or do you think P.J. Fleck has actually brought this program to a different level, a level that warrants national attention now going forward? Um, you know what? I, I think Warren's national attention will be uh, the, the wait-and-see moment for me. I think P.J. Fleck has brought something that is consistent, like what he has done in the spots that he has gone to. The winning part, coaches will say this, and it's true at every level. Winning is winning. Like This guy knows what he is doing in creating an environment where winning is the norm and winning is something that's expected, and that's a hard thing to do is to get a bunch of kids who haven't done a lot of winning to believe that winning is expected of them. Now, the difference is, and I think with a team like Minnesota, with teams that were not used to being players on the grand stage, having a quarterback is important. Like Tanner Morgan, while he's not a name that college football has grabbed on or has that sex appeal, has been a damn good quarterback for you know stretches of this year in a way that has elevated this team. And so I think that's going to be the key is, can P.J. Fleck continue to find and develop quarterbacks through his tenure here, which I know Minnesota fans are going to hope is as long as the contract is right now and not eventually bought out by some team looking to coach his services. Does Alabama have a legit case for the playoff without Tua? Yes. If Matt Jones can go out there and show out, I mean, I understand Western Carolina is probably not going to be the showcase game for this, but they've got a road game against Auburn at the end of the year, and now with the benefit of this knowledge that head-to-head is something the committee apparently prizes this much, if I'm Alabama, I'm going to Auburn, and I'm saying, man, Matt Jones, if we can go out there and put it on these guys, and you're going to get plenty of chances because Bo Nix is not a great quarterback. I get that offense. Auburn defense is great. But offensively, they're going to give you plenty of opportunities. If we can go out there and beat them by double digits, make it look good in our last impression for the playoff committee, and they can look and say, man, Oregon – got that same Auburn team week one of the season, an Auburn team that wasn't nearly as developed at that point. Bo Nix didn't have all these snaps under his belt at that point. They lost to that Auburn team, which we're calling a good loss now, but all of a sudden when we've got a side-by-side between these two teams and we're looking at a one-loss Oregon team whose best win is going to be, I mean, you know, right now, maybe USC right now, and then whoever, you know, if they play Utah in the Pac-12 championship, you would have that too, but versus Alabama waxing a common opponent in this and playing what could be the number one or two team in the country and LSU as close as they did, I think they would definitely, the way it's shaken out now, have a legitimate shot to jump Oregon and be that fourth team in the playoff, provided LSU beats Georgia and no funny business happens in the SEC title. Yeah, uh, Mike Golick Jr., so 
Yeah, it, I, I've I've said eight teams. At some point, we're going to move to an eighteen playoff. It would be a lot of fun. What do you think is going to have to happen for that? Because we see in the NFL all the time, right? Something catastrophic has to happen, and then we get replay on pass interference. And now we're questioning that. Like, what's the thing that's going to have to happen for us collectively and the decision makers to make it an eighteen playoff, whether it's in two years or ten years? Well, one thing that's going to help this year is if Alabama gets left out. Like, Alabama is the Patriots of college football. So when things happen to them that are outside of what we expect or what we're used to, the rules tend to change. That would be one good place to probably start. But honestly, I think it's just going to be a little bit of time. Like, so much of the bowl system right now in the playoff is tied to the contracts that they all have worked out, television contracts, bowl contracts, the way this all works out. Make no mistake. Everybody, and I think financially, it's going to end up being beneficial for them to move to the 18. And we know that's what matters. So once it is feasible for them contractually to break from what they're doing now and move to that 18 playoff, I have no doubt in my mind. And I've been a 14 playoff guy. I firmly believe that four is enough and that we've got a good thing going here. But you've heard the rumblings. We've heard it even referenced outwardly by the committee. We were at our uh, meetings for college football before the season, and we heard from people in the committee that these conversations are happening and if they're already happening at that level and people are talking about it there then you know damn well that these wheels are already starting to turn regardless of what they're willing to tell us publicly mike i, I think a, an 18 playoff would be a step in the right direction but i i really won't be satisfied until we just remove committees or computer algorithms into this thing to figure out who should be in the in the playoff and we just have a clear-cut system like we do in every other major sport and it's earned on the field with wins and losses and results do you think we'll ever get to that point no, and, and I dispute in a lot of senses that that creates a true champion, like especially in a one-game play, one playoff. Like, like take March Madness, for example, that everyone kind of holds up in that. To me, I, I don't think you get a true champion. Like, you get, you know, this idea of an earned tournament champion, but I look at we play an entire regular season to try and figure out who the best teams are. I would love to see more uniform schedule. I would love to see everyone play the same amount of conference games eliminating FCS opponents, mandating some bigger out-of-conference matchups that we get little sprinkles up here and there to try and help make that an easier process. But I think you look at these expanded tournament fields, and all of a sudden you get one team that has an off day and gets snuffed out, and now you get, all right, some team, a lesser team, like we see in March Madness all the time. These Cinderella stories that are nice for the first and second round, and all of a sudden I get to the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, and I'm looking, I'm saying, this team doesn't belong on the field with that team. And had we just gone off of all the evidence that we got through that regular season we want to value, I would have a matchup between two powerhouse teams giving us the show that we deserve and giving us, I think, a truer version of a champion. So I actually think college football is a lot closer to that than college basketball is. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the Brian Kelly status right now? Notre Dame, did I see unranked for the first time in however long? Uh, no, no, I think they're still, uh, I think right in the 15 or 16 range right now. What did so I see? So, okay. There's, there's, there might be Notre Dame men's basketball, unfortunately. Oh, I saw. Or oh, women's basketball. Oh, you know, a, I'm sorry. I, rough... I saw the Notre Dame women's basketball thing come across the crawl, but, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, bad. No, that that's one, bad too. So if you have comments on that. that one, you, you lose 10,000 career points off the starting lineup from last year. And Muppet certainly has her hands full with the squad, but I know she's going to take care of business there. They're one of the surest bets on campus, but. For Brian Kelly and for Notre Dame right now, it's an interesting place to be in because Brian is finishing year 10. It's an, I, I mean, I looked up this spring when I was talking to our SID when I was out of practice. 
and I couldn't believe it's already been that long. And you look at what he's put together. I mean, if he wins 10 games this year, I think they'll tie Lou Holtz for the most 10-win seasons in Notre Dame history. And yet the big game kind of eludes Notre Dame right now. And so I think for Brian to really steady the ship, obviously, game against Boston College, game against Stanford, not really powerhouses that we expect much trouble for them, especially the way they're playing now. But you're going to hopefully get a brand-name opponent in the bowl game that you have to go out there and beat. And then they've got to show next season that they're willing to step up and start winning some of these big games, or else I think you're going to see some of that impatience start to grow in South Bend right now, where, like everyone else, we see this all the time. We saw it at Georgia, where Mark Rick went in 10 years, 10 games a year, wasn't nearly enough after a while for less miles at LSU, 10 games, but not beating Alabama ends up not being enough. Eventually, time is no longer on your side, but I think for now, things are good because you're still winning double-digit games every season, and that's a hard thing to find in college football. Yes, that's where, like Jim Harbaugh's you know, similar thing. Sometimes it's Sometimes these programs get a little bit spoiled, and uh, Notre Dame and Michigan are kind of in a similar situation where I would want to know exactly what is behind door number two before I get rid of either Jim Harbaugh or Brian Kelly in those situations, but uh, we'll see what they wind up doing. Hey, by the way, if you want to make the if you want to make the trip in a couple weeks, we are very much excited for the potential of college game day here for the first time, Minnesota, Wisconsin. We got our fingers crossed, and uh, if you'd uh, like to make the trip, we'll save you we'll save you a cocktail or something in a couple couple weeks. Uh, there we go. Listen, you guys know the way to my heart. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Golick Jr. Oh, real quick, Mike, can I ask you a question before we let you go? Mac and cheese absolutely. on the Thanksgiving table or no? Oh, absolutely. Mac and cheese belongs on any table it wants to. It is all good in my book, no matter what the setting. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll add it to our yeah. research. Thank yeah. you, Mike. All right. There you go. Have a good one, guys. All right. That's uh, Mike Golick Jr. from Golick and Wingo. In the that goes against my hypothesis. Yeah, he's a north of the Mason Dixon line guy. Yeah, well, he's also just a my original fat football player who probably just likes to eat foods like mac and cheese. My original hypothesis that this was this was along racial lines. It might indeed be along geographical lines. So he he supports he he supports my latter hypothesis, not the former. And geographically, it would make sense that ninety seven percent of the people that responded to your Twitter poll are probably, probably from the northern region, above the right? Mason Dixon yeah. line. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Still disappointed in got a lot of things. Still disappointed in the minority turnout on my vote. <laughs> at Robbie is tweeting if you want to get in on it and uh, give us a, a measurable sample size of not white people. This is what we've come down to. Robbie begging for begging for minorities to respond to his Twitter poll about mac and cheese on a Thanksgiving table. <laughs> I just want an accurate sample size, man. Do you agree with me though about taking humans and computer algorithms out of out of the system to determine who gets into the playoff? Let's actually. I have. I have a take on that. Okay. I don't think it's possible. Okay. Let's let's come back and talk right. about that, and uh, we can also dive into. I, I at some point here uh, before the show is over, and maybe we can. I, I have. We, we've been doing hot takes today. Derek Wetmore had a hot take in the uh, bonus hour of Mackie and Judd with Rami. I have a hot take that shouldn't be a hot take about Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Mackie and Judd with Rami. No All Judd right. today, but uh, we'll explore your theory when we come back here. 